Hello and welcome to another episode of the Verified Geek Podcast. For this week, my guest is Roman Frolov. Roman's story is proof that if you really want something in life, you can achieve it with passion and hard work. How did he learn how to code while working in his mom's restaurant? What and who motivated him? Does he believe in the imposter syndrome, becoming a founder and his current career? Enjoy! Hi Roman, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. So many new things in life. Nice. Where are you right now? Where do I find you? I'm currently in Germany, in Karlsruhe. Okay. And you relocated there when, you told me? Uh, it was just two days ago, actually. But oh. the preparation took months. So I started it around October last year. Okay. Nice. You finally made it to Germany. Nice. So tell me a bit. Basically, I brought you to the sh- to the show because I saw that you have quite an amazing career in tech and quite an amazing journey, basically, to get into software engineering. Um, and yeah, I just called you in the podcast to share it with the world. Um, so tell me a bit about you. Where did you grow up? Um, so I was born in Russia, in St. Petersburg, and that's where I basically lived almost my entire life. Okay. Um, I I was born to like a middle class family. So, um, starting from the age of fourteen, I was working at my mom's restaurant as a waiter. I was like kind of helping my mom and also making some cash on the side to support my hobbies that I had back then. And uh, this was my first real experience um, at work. This is when I started, and then I tried some different things um also i worked at the port for some time but mostly i worked in restaurants uh, uh, since then so it started with a gelateria which is an italian ice cream that my mom had and then i also worked at restaurants bars clubs and hotels oh nice i find it quite funny so you had an italian gelateria in 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 uh, russia yeah Oh, yeah, nice. that's, that's my mom, my mom speaks Italian fluently, oh, so she has great. a lot of connections to Italian people, and yeah, we, we love mm-hmm. Italy in general. <laughs> nice. So, what was your your first job title? Basically, was that was that working in in the restaurants? Yeah, yeah, it's basically like kind of a waiter. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. was doing all, all kind of different things. It's like from. Um, making coffee and cooking sandwiches, and obviously putting ice cream in into into like serving it to customers, also to going outside and uh, oh, wow. giving flyers to people. Because I mean, I was helping my mom and the business, so I was doing all kind of things. Nice. And how did you decide to become a software engineer? Um, well, that that was like never my goal. Like when I was like younger, um, I, I wasn't like growing up thinking that I will become an engineer in the future. I, I I think like becoming an entrepreneur was kind of in my mind because I grew up watching movies uh, about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, and then later about Mark Zuckerberg. 
And that was always in my head, but I was I never imagined myself being like an entrepreneur in in tech. Right. It was always like, oh, maybe I'll open my own restaurant or maybe I'll open my own hotel sometime in the future, but never a single thought about tech. It was like I I kind of was like grew up with a, a mindset um, that you have to be born with a math uh, like brain, otherwise you 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 can't like get good at it. And at school I was pretty bad, so I I kind of gave up on this idea of uh, becoming like a, an engineer or something. Um, but yeah, later on I I realized that um, basically. That's already another story. How how I realized that I'm interested in this and I want to give it a try. Basically, after working at the restaurant business for eight years, I went on a vacation, um, and uh, I was quite bored on one day. And I was just scrolling my uh, news, and I found a presentation of of one guy who was like presenting a plan of colonizing Mars, and I was like. Oh, that, that's that's really like peculiar. It's like I've never seen uh, a person who is so ambitious, and I was hooked up by that. I didn't know who this person is, so I watched this presentation. I was really shocked and amazed how 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 like how like how far we are in terms of technology, what we are capable of as humanity. I was inspired by that, and then I was interested who that person is, who who seems to be like. A real genius uh, and i found out that it was elon musk and uh, i read his biography and i learned that he wrote a game at the age of 12 and back then i was already 21 and that that kind of like struck me that i've never wrote a single line of code in my life and i haven't i haven't tried that but he already did it in 12 so that means that i 21 should definitely be able to do that and so i found a video course on youtube which is called cs50 i started it in my mother tongue uh russian but then later i realized that hey maybe i should give it a try to the english version the original one and after three lectures i switched and, and continued and i finished this course in like four months and after that i just continued learning Okay, that sounds quite interesting. Very, very nice. Um, and you basically, you were learning how to code, right? And working at the restaurant at the same time, I'm guessing. So how, how did you manage to do to do those things together? Um, yeah, at times it was quite challenging because um, at that moment in time, I was already an administrator. So my schedule was a bit different from when I was a waiter. Um, so I, I had to work two days after two. So those two days that I worked, it was very long shifts, like 14-hour shifts, two days in a row, and then you have two days off. And so um, obviously during my days off, I was trying to learn as much as I can, but I didn't want to lose like those two days when I'm at work. So I was basically working, and on the side when I had time, um between serving different guests i was writing down algorithms uh with pen and paper usually i i just used a checks a check paper and i wrote on the other side of it uh and when my shift was about to end when we did not have guests i pulled out a laptop and i coded um those solutions that i wrote on paper during the shift oh, wow that's really nice 
And I also saw that you are a founder of a startup. Is that right? Yeah, th- that is correct. So after I like joined the industry in 2018, I, I worked there for a bit more than a year and participated in main hackathons. Actually, it was like 10 hackathons um, in a single year, which is right. quite a lot. And during one of those hackathons, um, I met my co-founder, Alexander Palchikov, uh, together with whom we won the hackathon um, in Skolko, which is like a tech hub in, in Russia. Right. And uh, basically, our project was about building an infrastructure for electric vehicle charging. And so we won the hackathon and we decided to continue this project. So I was kind of working in my spare time while having a full-time job. And after, I believe it was like four or five months, I decided that I will stop working full-time and focus fully on the startup. And so, yeah, that's what that's what I did. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, we, really we founded the startup. What kind of technologies are you using to build that infrastructure exactly? Um, so we were using like pretty much, um, n- nothing like super special. It was like, we were using JavaScript and like Node.js server side, front and mm-hmm. side, it was React, um, for communication with charging stations. There is actually an, uh, an open protocol that is available in open source and in the internet and, uh, everyone can download it. There is like a specification in PDF. There are, there are very few implementations. So basically I had a PDF and I, and I wrote a management system using this PDF and nothing else. It was pretty interesting, quite, quite challenging in the beginning, but once we, uh, but once I understood like the specification and how to test it properly, it all went very smooth, smooth. And we had partners, partnership with Schneider Electric electric who were kind enough to provide us with a charging station with a real charging station to test our system and we conducted the test and it was all successful nice very interesting are you are you still running the startup while working for code 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 sphere code sphere yeah. um no so basically we were in the process of fundraising when the COVID hit and once the COVID hit basically all our investor relations they basically went to, to zero because nobody wanted to invest during the, un- the uncertain period of time. And we also were like running low. We, we had like, we had a, a team of almost 10 employees, I believe. And uh, it was a challenging time. We decided to freeze the project because we did not know like how many more months we can sustain it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after that, we actually sold part of our software uh, last year. So okay. yeah, at least partially it has paid off, and uh, of course the the experience that I got from this startup is just I, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. It, it was a great learning experience. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, most startups start like this, and the fact that even the fact that you you actually managed to sell part of the code is actually quite a successful successful thing to do. Um, so talk to me a bit about code. CodeSphere and what what what's your role in the company? Um, so um, CodeSphere basically enables developers to focus on being productive and writing code and developing products. Uh, right. Because right right now, basically, if you start in a, a project, what you need to do is you need to go on uh, some of the cloud services 
buy a virtual machine, configure it, then buy a domain, connect it. And all this stuff, especially when you do it like for the first time or if you don't have like DevOps experience, that can be taking a lot of time and a lot of focus from what you actually want to do, which is build your product and solve the problem for your users or customers. And that's what we focus on. We want to minimize the amount of work required to host an app to minimum, basically no configuration you have your code you can run it in 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 like in minutes or preferably even seconds wow that's amazing yes um what kind of programming languages have you worked with you you, you mentioned javascript um are you mainly focused on this programming language or are you learning any other programming languages right now um so I started with uh, C, then I on, uh, also like, it, it, this is how the CS50 course goes. It's like you start with C uh, and after that you learn some other high, high level languages. For example, back then I went from C to WebStack with PHP, uh, but lo- next year after I graduated, it was already Python. So I, I got to learn both actually because of a bug in the program. <laughs> so I All learned. Right. PHP and then Python. With Python, I did some data science, but uh, and also some blockchain development as well um, on Ethereum. Um, and right. that's when I sl- smoothly transitioned from or like to uh, from learning to actual professional job. Um, I started to work as a blockchain engineer using basically Python, Solidity, and JavaScript. Uh, but JavaScript was a very tiny part of it maybe not tiny but like smaller part of it because i was doing like testing in, in javascript and, and python both but later on i tried many different languages um including go rust c plus plus and uh, i kind of i kind of realized that um i really like javascript for it being uh high level so that i don't have to implement all, all level um stuff myself that speeds up the time that it takes to deliver something to to to, to users and that's really important especially when you're working at startups like time is so crucial and critical so yeah i kind of decided for myself that okay i experiment with different languages i find javascript like really promising and solving the problem so yep after that i stopped like experimenting with all the languages and focused fully um, on javascript oh wow that that is quite fascinating especially coming from someone that has like seen through so many languages and eventually landing on javascript that is that is quite reassuring for because i've been doing javascript for a few years now and i don't know i've heard comments before from other programmers that Oh, especially before Node.js and stuff like that, you know, where you could only run it on a web browser. It was like, oh, but it's not really a programming language or something like that. Like really comments that, you know, that were quite bad for the reputation of of JavaScript. But I think Mm -hmm. lately, uh, especially with the power that it has given you, to create like applications really quickly using React and stuff like that. I think it has become a lot more popular than before. Also, Node.js made it quite popular. 
So yeah, I'm quite yeah. thrilled to hear that you you landed in Node.js. Are you planning in the future maybe um, working with machine learning and maybe going to Python? What are your thoughts for the future? Um, yeah, the machine learning and in general AI is a very interesting area. Um, I'm I'm definitely interested in it, like as an engineer. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much I'm interested in like developing something for it. Um, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't exclude that path for the future. Um, and yeah, yeah. I, I'm 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 currently uh, keeping my eyes on some projects. Um, and uh, I I can say that Tesla is on the radar. Kama AI is on the radar. They're doing incredible things with machine learning, and they—they, I think they—they inspire not only me but many people to, uh, to do more with AI and show like how it can be applied. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Um, so, are you working from home, or are you? Why did you go to Germany? Are you getting a job there? What's what's the plan? Um, yeah. Returning to one question that I didn't answer, so at Codesphere, I am the, the first employee. Um, I, I I joined very early on when nothing was released, and basically there were I was the, a third developer. So as, okay. as 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 three developers, we basically um, develop uh, like the core functionality of the application and launched it uh, in beta. Um, and after that, our 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 team has grown up like. For example, one year ago, exactly one year ago, we still were three developers. Now we're at somewhat around like twenty-six. Oh wow! So That's big. Yeah, the, the growth was uh, incredible. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, currently, I am in Germany, and uh, I obviously can work remotely because before I was in Germany, I was doing that. But now mm. I, I I have an option to go to the office to work together with my colleagues because that is something that, like, I'm not going to lie, I was missing from all of the remote stuff because yeah. it's great to have an option to work remotely, but I would also love to have an option to come to the office to meet people and maybe just have some small talks. Because, like, it is, like, it is really hard to keep, like, not a, not a culture, but like you know, to build teams remotely because uh, you basically like all the time that you have with the person is like during a meeting or like some messages in Slack, but it's not really the same as talking to a person yeah, in real life. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I'm the same. It's been it's been about two years now, the close to two years, right? That we're all working from home, but um, I think giving the option to the employee to go to the office and socialize with other people is is quite powerful it's quite important to happen as well uh because you know we're social human beings um we have to at some point socialize right and it's exactly. not just that i also find it you know when when i'm uh communicating with a colleague let's say for a problem in the code right um Usually when I don't understand something or the other person doesn't understand something, you know, would be like, oh, you know, we've gone through this, right? Remember? Whereas remotely, 
when someone doesn't understand something three or four times, you know, you kind of get annoyed easily. I, fi- I find I find it to become like quite a, more annoyed, you know, with people. Whereas if mm-hmm. I was in, there in person, I would be like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, we'll, 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 we'll go through it again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why I find this, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I find it that I lost my temper quite easily a few times while working remotely, whereas in the office, I'm a totally different person, you know. I'm very friendly, I'm very, like, social. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, do you – are you familiar with the impo- imposter syndrome? And do you – Yes. Do you ever get it? Um, uh, I think that, yes. Um, I, I, I would say it became like more complicated than it was in the beginning. In the beginning, it was like pretty obvious uh, why my imposter syndrome happens because I basically came into the job and everyone was talking like they were using terms that I didn't know. So I, basically, my, my imposter was so strong that I was writing down every new term that I heard at my job. And I was then coming back home and learning all of these terms, what they mean, so that I can communicate with my colleagues. Um, but after that, I was kind of, it was kind of going down slowly. So if if someone has an imposter syndrome, I would suggest like to identify what's causing it and to start working on it, but don't expect like immediate results. Yeah. Um, but also don't expect everything to stay the same. It's like if you're doing something, um, there will be progress and eventually it will go away. Uh, for me, it still happens sometimes just because like, since like the company grew so fast and I kind of transitioned from a position of a software engineer to, a, to an engineering manager, um, the responsibilities shifted. I also went from my comfort zone of managing like below 10 people to managing more than 10 people. And there are a lot of things that I need to learn there. And when you're learning stuff, you make mistakes and making mistakes. Like I can say like feels bad, but it, definitely feels uncomfortable at times and sometimes it brings the imposter syndrome in so yeah i do feel it that is quite valuable information that you shared there that you know you have to be patient at first i find it even now that you know in our industry we always learn new things right like it will never stop so yeah i was exactly like you i would listen to like words that I've never heard before and I was like oh I need to catch up you know I need to rush and I need to like but and even right now I do it to be fair I'm like getting annoyed if I don't understand something and I'm like oh I need to I need to know what this is I need to know now but it's not really you know it's not a race it's like you need to take baby steps and just learn one thing per day and (laughs) Or like even one thing per week or something. As long as long as you're learning something new, slowly, slowly you get there. But yeah, I know exactly. Absolutely. What you mean. It, it kind yeah, it's of, like yeah. Good. It's like sometimes uh, when I I learn something, I'm like, how could I not know it before? It's like I've been in yeah. the industry for years now, and like what. Um, and also a great place for learning right now is LinkedIn. There's there there are many influencers who are posting very 
interesting content, insightful content. Uh, people are on LinkedIn. There are people who are like they're they're specialists of very narrow niches. So if you're interested in something, you can find them. You can follow their content. I know great content creators who post about like Dart and Flutter, who post about even CSS artists, and yeah. they're yeah. masters of like pull request review, like. So it's like you can learn so much just from mindlessly scrolling your feed. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Um, it definitely comes and goes, the imposter syndrome, it's true. Um, I also saw that you used to play games when you, you were younger. Uh, it just so yeah. happens that, you know, most of the programmers used to actually be gamers when they were younger. Do you do you find the time to play games now or are you like busy at work and you put that behind? Uh, yeah, so I, I've i been playing games since I was six, I believe. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been like, a, it's been a long journey. I, play, I played a lot of games. I probably have like, tens of thousands of hours in games um but recently i simply did not really have much time to do that um uh, from the last like year i only played a little bit of among us a little bit of alex vr and that's pretty much it i just simply did not have time but i'm definitely in the loop i'm, I'm just checking on which games are being released uh, there are some that i'm uh, waiting for and hopefully i'll have some time for that in the future perfect nice well roman thank you very much for coming to the show it was amazing listening to your story and thank you for sharing such valuable information uh so yeah thank you for coming to the show hopefully at some point when i'm in germany uh we can do this face to face thank you for having me yeah i'm looking forward to that dora thank you so much have a good night you too. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. You can find us on Instagram at verified underscore geek. We're also on Twitter at verified geek. And we have a channel on YouTube. Thank you so much. See you in two weeks.